Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Passing Shot, the tennis podcast by fans for fans with Joel and Kim. Today, we are going to be looking back on the last few days at the Australian Open, round three and some of round four, but mostly round three because, Kim, it was all kind of serene up until that point and then it was just upset after upset after upset. Yeah, oh my word, Friday was insane. Uh, It's a bit like buses, wasn't it? Once you sort of, you know, you wait ages for one and then two or more than two come along at once it was crazy a really <laughs> freaky friday um maybe we should call it yeah let's start with the women's draw because i think a lot more upsets have happened on that side as usual um i guess the biggest um the biggest upset of all perhaps is serena williams going out in the third round to a player that she absolutely thrashed the last time they played each other um Chong Wong, she lost only one game against her at the US Open. And then a couple of months later, Serena's losing 7-5 in the third to her. What was that about, Kim? Because I woke up uh, I woke up on Friday morning and I had to like refresh my... Like, uh, I had to refresh the article I was reading like a few times just to make sure that that was the correct scoreline. Because that was... I was expecting, again, I was expecting kind of a routine Serena Williams is going to overpower her opponent, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Serena Williams comfortably through to, to round four. But no, uh, un- a cr- unbelievable result. I mean, I was so I was so shocked because, as you said, it was such a trouncing last time. And for uh, Wang to kind of, you know, put put that right um, and, and create that turnaround, it was, you know, really kind of fantastic achievement on, on her behalf. Yeah, and I think we'd got a bit sort of comfortable with Serena again, hadn't we? You know, she's just won her first title in Auckland after, you know, coming back from having her child. And we kind of thought, oh, no, I'm sure she'll be safe. You know, we did the latter stages that, you know, she might, you know, if she gets to the final, she might crumble, um, if you like. But to lose so early on, I don't think anyone predicted this. I mean, in fact, everyone on our collector set has got Serena Williams wrong. I can can safely say that it's a sea of red um, for her. But yeah, I, I I just didn't see this coming. And when I got, I got, I think, a message from you on WhatsApp being like, WTF, Serena. And I was like, what? What happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, a really nice win for Chong Wong, um, especially as her coach, Peter McNamara, died last year um, in the summer. So I think actually when Chong Wong played Serena at the US Open, it was quite soon after that. So I think she was probably, you know, that was on her mind probably didn't help her performance at the US Open. So in a way, this is a nice, uh, you know, a nice kind of response from her, you know, to kind of overturn that defeat. And um, 
I will just say she, you know, Chung Wong hasn't gone any further because she has played since the match of Serena um, against Onjibor and Onjibor has won that one. So, yeah, Chung Wong hasn't managed to go any further in the competition. But there seems to be, before we go on to that, there seems to be some sort of Serena curse at Grand Slams <laughs> for people who have beaten her before the final mm. have all lost in the next round that does happen makes... quite a lot though when you get a big scalp it, a lot of players can't maintain that you know because all the eyes are on them aren't, aren't they i know it's just so like i don't know it'd be so disappointing I, I guess like you know you yeah you get a massive scalp and you're not able to kind of recreate that you know i don't know if kind of serena brings out a different you know sort of mentality that you know that it's almost like harder to replicate against you know other players because you know it's not it's not just uh Wong in you know 2020 you know Kenin French Open 2019 yeah. Pliskova as well uh, Vinci going back to 2015 US Open as well as Cornet at Wimbledon in 2014 and uh, she lost yeah, Cornet what... at Wimbledon I don't well, remember that. <laughs> apparently so <laughs> wow um, but like yeah I don't know whether kind of like you know people sorry women's players they they uh they have a different mindset for serena like in terms of how they're going to play and, and maybe uh, find it hard to replicate in in the well, next round well i think because... this happens in the men's tournament uh, you know tour as well because i think it just takes such a lot to you know to mentally and physically overcome you know like federer and nadal or djokovic and serena and there's such a buzz around you afterwards like all the media going on about you how far can you go and i think it just it's you know that's why these players typically aren't right at the very top because they can't back it up day after day. Um, so I think that's just just kind of a case in point. Not anyone on their day, if they p- perform lights out tennis, can can beat anyone. But it's the sustainability of it, isn't it, that kind of separates the greats uh, from, from the others. Um, but yeah, so obviously we just said Chong Wong uh, played on Zibor today. And actually that fourth round match between them two was actually the one that we were all thinking would be Serena Williams against Caroline Wozniacki, but Caroline Wozniacki has now retired. She she lost to Onjibor in the third round. Um, it's a three-set match, again, 7-5 in the third set. So, um, yeah, Wozniacki has, has finally bowed out. It was quite an emotional, you know, goodbye. It was a lot of tears and with her family. And it's, yeah, it's it's sad to see her go because ever since I've kind of been a tennis fan like she's pretty much been on the scene and I remember going to like Eastbourne I think where she won you know one of her first titles and I saw her her win that and you know now she's she's gone well I think Kim we've just got to remember that you know she got a similar tribute video to Andy Murray and we all saw we all saw how that turned out so you know I'm definitely banking on a Wozniacki return uh (laughs) within the next six months yeah um uh, I mean, we should just mention on Jibor, though. She is the first Arab woman to reach the quarterfinals of a slam now. So, again, she's making history. And I think, I don't know who she's going to play. Uh, Sophia Kenin, I think. So she could very well go go further. Um, remains to be seen. I think there will be two players in this part of the draw that will be kicking themselves. I think Wozniacki could, should be one of them because, you know, I know this was like her retirement, uh, you know, her retirement slam, but genuinely she had a chance here to mm-hmm. go potentially to the final like re- like the draw really opened up for her and also for british fans as well conta if conta was fit yeah. you know you know we were kind of previewing and said oh conta's got a terrible draw you know she could play serena williams 
she could play, I think, did we say Yastrzemska as well? I mm. think potentially in round three. But again, the draw just come up, would have completely opened up for her if she you know, got past your ball in the first round and you know, maybe was 100% fit. So I think, you know, there's this, this part of the draw has just opened so much. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, we, I think we're going to come on to it, but, you know, Barty and, and Kvitova, I think the the winner of that is going to is in the final. The yeah, well, yeah. He, I I would say so. I would Although say Kenin so. is is a is a very tough cookie, I think, against any any sort of opponent, really. Yeah, no, definitely. She just, actually, doesn't, seem, she just doesn't seem phased by anything. She doesn't, and you know, we should just say she beat Coco Goff uh, today uh, in three sets. A bit of a weird scoreline in the third set. It was a bagel, um, so I I don't know. I didn't see it because it was in the middle of the night um, and I had to sleep. So, uh, you know, it's a shame that Coco Golf, you know, couldn't back up her win over Osaka, which we should just say is like the other big upset that happened on Friday. Um, I was kind of thinking Goff would, would actually maybe beat Kenan and, and, and reach her first major quarterfinal, but it, it wasn't to be. Um, I guess, you know, she played so well against Osaka on Friday. She couldn't quite maintain that level of form and, and Kenan is such a feisty feisty you know tough nut to crack so um I think Goff yeah I think from what I was hearing I think she just ran she just literally ran out of steam and ran that, out of steam third, yeah ran, she's playing doubles set. as well um or so is Kenan and actually both you know they've both got very good good teams you know Goff and McNally actually beat the eighth seeds in their first uh round of the doubles so they're still in the doubles Kenan's in the doubles playing with Bethany Matic Sands so Full full schedule for both of them, um, but but I mean I was also shocked to see you know Goff beating Osaka. I did I genuinely didn't think that would happen. I thought Osaka, you know, I thought it might be tight, but I didn't think Goff would do it in not not in straight sets. I, do you know personally? I I look at the match stats in that, and I just think I I know Goff beat Osaka, but I almost actually think Osaka beat herself. The number of errors uh, she was leaving on the court. Uh, it, I, you know, I just felt that she wasn't, I don't know, she wasn't at the races that game. She wasn't playing like the, you know, the Naomi Osaka, who's a, you know, Grand Slam champion. And, um, you know, and Coco Goff obviously there took, took full advantage of that. Um, and yeah, I just think, I don't know, with Osaka, I think, you know, I was reading kind of, she doesn't have, she doesn't think she has like the champion mentality yet. And, and she finds it hard when she, uh, you know, in, in grand times, it's like when she is is down in a match, she finds it hard to to come back. And you know, as I said, she she feels like there's work to do there. And and actually, she thinks that she may have almost kind of underestimated Goff because I think she beat her you know quite comfortably at the U.S. Open. I guess similar to Serena Williams. And um, you know, I guess with that, you know, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a lot easier. But actually, I think when she stepped out on court, and you know, she was receiving um. Goff serves particularly she was like oh hello these these serves have come a long way since uh yeah since definitely the US Open. Goff serve was like much improved on the on the US Open match she was landing a lot more first serves much bigger um but also with the saga it's interesting that she said she doesn't think she has that ability to come back from behind because when she won you know both her slams I think a lot of those matches she was you know they were tough three set matches and they could have gone either way and she kind of only just scraped through a lot of them so that kind of surprises me because I'm. I feel like she's. She proved that she can come back um, from behind. You know when she won both of those times. But I guess the difference is that now she's expected to do that, whereas at the time she was playing without that pressure. So I guess she needs to learn still to handle 
being the favourite in in most matches she enters. Mm. And and the other thing as well, which she said, which I thought was quite revealing in in her in her conference, was around. She said, "I have an age problem. I don't like losing to people younger than me." So I took this very personally, and I just thought, you know, it, like losing, yeah, you know, on the face of it, losing to a fifteen-year-old. Yeah, I suppose it, it's like if you're in a job and maybe your manager is like, you know, 10 years younger than you and you think, oh, I shouldn't have to take instruction from someone much younger than me. Um, it's maybe, you know, but that's because we have this sense of like everything should be done at a certain age and we should be like this. And um, I guess in sport, just like the rest of life, age isn't always kind of, you know, doesn't follow the regular kind of pattern. But yeah, I mean. It just reinforces that like, Goff is such a special talent. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The fact that 15 years old, she's do, she's doing these sorts of things. But um, yeah, I think o- Osaka is not, you know, <laughs> she's not, um, you know, sh- she will let people know in terms of, you know, her opponents. It, she does not like to lose to people younger than her. So I don't know if that's a, you know, if Goff has kind of heard that and it's like, oh, could this be a, a potential rivalry in terms mm-hmm. of, um, you know, bit of bit of needle there, um, but, but yeah, with, we'll um, see with Serena and and Goff, uh, yeah, Serena and Osaka out. Um, you know, we also had some other topsies falling by the wayside. So Pliskova's gone. Uh, she lost to Anastasia Pavlichenkova. Uh, so again, Pliskova just proving that at slams she is just. She is not, you know, there is a reason none of us predicted her for the title and didn't have any confidence that she would really get, you know, even to the final. She just doesn't turn up in in a lot of matches. She doesn't have that Grand Slam edge. And she said herself she was only playing around 40% of her game. So I... Maybe she underestimated Pavlyuchenkova. She'd never lost to her before. I'm sure Pavlyuchenkova was thrilled when... when Plushkova said that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. And also we have Madison Keys falling to Sakari as well. I mean, that's, I guess that's more of a, an even, you know, that could go either way. But again, by the, in terms of kind of seeding, yeah, Keys was in the, in the top 10 and again was another one to, to lose. And given that she reached the, the Brisbane final as well, I think you know, mm-hmm. it was quite surprising. But yeah, as I said, Sakari again is quite a tough competitor, a bit like, um, a bit like Kenan. Well, actually, out of all of the Brisbane semi-finalists, the only one still in in the draw is Petra Kvitova. Um, so, who beat Sakari today? I should just say. So, Kvitova still in there. Um, so, yeah, just goes to show that pre-tournament, uh, pre uh, pre Grand Slam tournaments, uh, maybe aren't necessarily the best, uh, you know, predictor for what's going to happen. Um, Svitolina also lost um, to. Uh, Muguruza, who, you know, is, is unseeded for the first time in a long time at Slam and who may and very well business, be on a business. roll here. No yeah. one talked about her coming into this, uh, but we know that when she plays her best, she is obviously a contender to win uh, the title. So I, I don't I don't know how 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 far I mean, she could go. But I mean, I, I would say she... She could win the whole damn thing. <laughs> on the basis on the basis of that scoreline, mm. six one, six two. I mean, this is very comfortable. You know, she played lights out tennis. I think she hit thirty one winners, only nine unforced errors. Um, yeah, against you know, someone who's got, you know, pedigree like Svitolina. Yeah, Muguruza, I think she's gonna be someone to be reckoned with because as I said, she's a you know, she is a former Grand Slam champion. She knows what it takes. You know, she's got Conchita Martinez in a corner. Um, who's an excellent coach 
and yeah i i think she's a, i do think she's a contender i was kind of like at the start i was like i was like oh let's just see how she does she 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 get um she uh shelby robert rogers bageled her in the first set of the first round and and now we're here so i'm kind of a bit like <laughs> i'm kind of a bit like okay let's just take this a match at a time but, yeah uh, i yeah, mean certainly i always thought she would come back at some point and and maybe not win another slam but you know at least her form of old would return you know she's too good a player for that not not to re-emerge and another player that's kind of quietly going about business is Angelique Kerber, you know, obviously another former champion at, at the Australian Open. So she beat Camilla Georgie. She, she's still, she's still in it. So uh, I don't know, again, how far could she go? Uh, we, we, no one again was talking about her before the start of the tournament. You know, all eyes were on Osaka and Serena and which has, I guess has allowed, you know, former champs to kind of sneak through. Um, one scoreline I think actually that surprised me the most was uh, Belinda Bencic getting absolutely thrashed by Annette Contivate. So she lost love and won um, in a very, very quick match. Um, I was, I was kind of thinking is, is, was Belinda Bencic like injured? You know, could she, could she barely move? Um, but actually, <laughs> I, I think Contivate just played, you know, an almost perfect match. Um, 21 you winners. Love a, you love a bit of Contivate, Kim. Well, I knew you were can I just singing say, her praises at the US Open. <laughs> can I just say, at the US Open, I think in our predictions, I had said that Contivate would reach either the quarters or the semis. <laughs> and you were like, what? Um, and then... She was due to play Belinda Bencic in the third round of the US Open, but Contevate withdrew with an illness. So, you know, she couldn't justify my prediction for her. <laughs> but maybe, maybe she's just doing it now at the AO. So I feel, you know, somewhat smart. I mean, she's got Iga Sviatek next, you know, the the teenager from Poland um, who beat Donna Vekic, actually. So she's on a bit of a run. Um, I would expect Contivate to, to win that, um, to reach the quarters, but, you know, you just never know. But, yeah, I was really surprised to see that scoreline because I thought Benchit should be in fairly good form coming into coming into the tournament. And you just don't expect that scoreline, really. Um, so, yeah, she must have played absolutely lights out. So, yeah. good and for her. So, so after uh, today's play, we do have in the top draw, we do have, um, sorry, the top half of the women's draw. We do have our quarterfinalists already. So we've got Ash Barty versus Petra Kvitova uh, and then Kenin versus Ons Yabor. Uh, and then tomorrow we have still to play in round four in the bottom half. We've got Kontovite, Sviatek, Mertens, Simona Halep, who we've not really been speaking a lot about, uh, Muguruza, Burtons, and then, yeah, Kerber, Pavlichenkova. So I'm hoping Halep, I mean, Halep was my pre-tournament, uh, well, actually, Halep was my tournament prediction for the start of the year when we when we guessed like a couple of weeks ago. So I, I, I'm hoping Halep <laughs> is going to do it. <laughs> well, Mertens, Mertens does like to play at the AO, so I think mm. that, is, uh, oh. that is quite tricky. Zviatek, no one's talking about Zviatek. I feel well, like all the, all like the teenage focus has been on Goff and we've got Zviatek here uh, doing the business, getting to round four. Yeah, just a, just a note on Ash Barty. You know, we said she had, you know, a pretty tough draw, um, but she overcame Rybakina quite comfortably, who, you know, was on a, a real run of form. And then she's just beaten Alison Risk this morning. Um, Risk actually double faulted on the match point in the in the third set, so I think Barty will be quite relieved she's kind of come through. But obviously Kvitova next, I think who beat her at this stage of the tournament last year, so Barty will be looking to you know 
extract revenge uh, on Petra Kvitova. But yeah, I think the draw is very interesting. Like, okay, we don't have Serena or Osaka, but I think the the names that we do have, you know, Hallett, Muguruza, Kerber, you know, Burtons and Mertens. I know you love a bit of Burtons and Mertens, Joel. <laughs> oh, you know, Garty, Kvitova, Kenan. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Um, I mean, yeah, we could it's get really to, exciting. We could get to a semi-finals where we have four... Potentially, we could get to a semi-finals where we could have four former Grand Slam champions, which would be, you know, yes. I think that would be really interesting. That no, sort of... no, it can't be. Can we not? Oh, sorry, Goff, no, Kenin. because Kenin and uh, Yabor, yeah. one of them would Kenin, be a yeah. semi-finalist. So yeah, obviously, um, apologies, they would be... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, uh, no, it's all right. So right, um, let's go for a quick ad break, Joel, um, and then we'll come back and discuss all the. All the action from the men's side. Okay, Joel. So as we're recording this, I've got a bit of Roger Federer on my telly in his absolutely stunning purple shorts. Um, He's wearing a lovely white shirt today, lovely purple headband and shorts. I just absolutely think that's the best outfit I've ever seen him wear. Um, But he very nearly wasn't in the fourth round because I don't know if any of our listeners were watching on Friday, but Federer almost lost to John Millman again, which I think for me was the match of the tournament uh, on the men's side so far. That was an absolute, I know, I was like, I was really surprised. I mean, I was watching, I was listening to the um, championship tiebreak at work and I genuinely thought it could go, it could go one way or the other. And really, I think Millman, Millman should have won, Millman should have won that match, uh, you know, very honestly. Um you know, I think he was he was up in the tie break. You know, if it was a regular tie break, he would have won the match. Um, and yeah, I just he, he just obviously got a bit tight at the the critical moments, and you know, Fed and Federer was able to kind of escape and come through. But the fact that we were in a fifth set champions championship tie break, I was a bit like, how how have we got here? Roger Federer, John Milburn. Yeah, I really didn't think it would be you know that close. I thought. Millman beating him at the US Open was just a one-off. I, I expected Federer to win in, you know, straight sets or make maybe four sets. So when it, I mean, I think Federer, when he won the third set, I actually, I had to go out and do some errands. And then I was, you know, just in the bank and I, you know, saw that it got into a fifth and I thought, oh, I must rush home and, and carry on watching. Um, and then, yeah, 8-4 Millman's up in that in that last set tie break. And I thought, oh, genuinely, I think he's going to do it. And then as soon as I thought that, Fedra just came back and and won the tie break. So I very think frustrating Fedra- and disappointing mm. for Millman. Fedra will be relieved um, to scrape through because actually he doesn't have the best record in, in last set tie breaks. And obviously the Wimbledon final would have probably been at the back of his mind as well. Yeah, and I think you know in in the conference in the pre- post match conference, I think Federal was kind of saying that you know he pretty much was using the whole match to figure out how to play John Milman, and you know he was sometimes hitting topspin, he was sometimes hitting slice, and nothing was really working. And it was it was it was it was odd almost to see the amount of kind of unforced errors that Roger Federer you know was making. We don't you know we don't normally see that you know from his forehand, which is one of his most you know reliable and consistent shots, but. Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't clicking for him, and you know he managed to kind of you know come through in the end, and you know he's playing Fuskovitz at the moment, but mm. um, you know it was just very it was just very surprising after you know the first two rounds, very easy, 
you know, he dropped very few games. And then, yeah, he had this real, real test, this real scare in, in, in the third round. But I think also I probably helped that, you know, Serena and Asaga had had lost that day. I think, you know, when there's a big upset or, or two big upsets. Mm, it's contagious. It is, isn't it? I think players think, oh, anything's possible. So I think it, maybe Milman came onto the court, you know, and backed by his home crowd. You know, Milmania. Milmania. Yeah, had a bit more belief because of what had happened already on, on that court on, on that day. So, yeah, I think there's definitely something in the air when, when you get sort of, you know, there's shivers and shockwaves get sent around the ground <laughs> and everyone can kind of feel it in the air. So, um, yeah, I don't know how, how Fuxovic is going to do against Federer. They're playing at the moment. It's, it's like really early days. But, you know, Fuxovic um, has beaten a lot of, well, he beat Shapovalov in the first round. Uh, oh, it escapes me who beat in the second round. Beat Tommy Paul in the third. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see how how close he could he could get to Federer if Federer is going to be back on form you know I back think, to the yeah. form of his first two rounds yeah and actually and moving on to actually seeds who did fall out Sissipas lost to Milos Raonic who who is seems to have turned over a new leaf because the the Raonic I know is just like always injured all the time but you know it seems that he had a you know very um you know, he had an off season, had a lot of time to prepare. He's coming into this tournament healthy and he's put a really good run together. And, you know, I remember on kind of our, you know, our round one catch up, we were talking about Shapovalov and uh, Auger Aliassim losing and being like, oh, it's not, it's not been a good day for Canadian tennis. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think it's almost like I forgot about uh, that Raddick exists and now he's here. And he's now into he's now into the quarterfinals. Yeah, he beat he beat Marin Cilic today uh, in straight sets. So yeah, I mean Ryanitz Cilic, not everyone's cup of tea in terms of the matchup. Um, but I think people were sort of saying, well, that's going to generate a lot of you know money for the bushfire relief fund, all the all the aces they'll be cracking down. Um, but yeah, Cilic had beaten Roberto Bautista Gut in the previous round. Um, so another another you know seed, uh, you know very reliable player RBA. Mm. Um, fell by the wayside and then yeah Raonic has taken out Cilic today he will face Djokovic next so um best returner in the game against yeah, one of the, probably the best serves in the tournament I the don't moment. think he'll worry Djokovic too much but yeah it's nice to see Raonic you know after the struggles of the past two seasons you know getting back to where you know where he he belongs to be honest you know we know he's a lot better than his current uh ranking you know um would, you know, allows him to be. So, so yeah, uh, Djokovic proceeded, you know, very comfortably through today against Diego Schwartzman. Um, that, that was never going to be anything but straight sets, I don't think. <laughs> um, I suppose, you know, the match that's on everyone's lips really is, you know, what we've got lined up tomorrow in the night session, which is Rafa against Nick Kyrgios. Um, you know, this is the match that when the draw was released, everyone was, you know, thinking, oh, this could happen. And, you know, it's yeah, it's it's set. They've both come through, uh, you know, in different fashions, I should say, because Rafa, you know, absolutely demolished uh, Pablo Carreno Busta. Uh, I don't think, yeah, well, Carreno Busta's never beaten Rafa, but Rafa has now extended his winning streak against fellow Spaniards to eighteen consecutive victories. <laughs> um, Rafa was just, yeah, really, really good stats, very, very convincing um, on Saturday against PCB, but. Obviously, Kyrgios is going to be a completely different kettle of fish. And, you know, Kyrgios, well, he almost lost, actually, after being two sets up. Kachanov came back and that went to a fifth set tie break. So, again, yet more drama. Um, I mean, 
Kyrgios had match points in, I think, the third and fourth set. So if he had have lost that match, he would have really been ruining his opportunity. But he, he managed to kind of sneak through in the end. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Did you see on it, it, during the the match? I think it was before the match. Uh, in the crowd, there was a fight. Oh, uh, yeah. There was like a proper like fist fight in the crowd, and I thought <gasps> this is the sort of this is the sort of crowd for a Nick Kyrgios match. You would get uh, this in like a, a well, they'd be, and they'd be sent out of Wimbledon. I mean, I, I assume they would have been sent. Yeah, out they were. The Australian I think Open the security well, were but, like quickly yeah. on them, but oh, uh, yeah, the I think it's. Oh, I Too think many the, beers. I think Kyrgios Nadal is going to turn ugly. Mm. It's just a question of when it's going to turn ugly. If I'm already envisaging now, Kim, Rafa is going to do an approach shot to the net and Kyrgios is going to hit a body shot as far hard as he can straight at Nadal. I think I just well, I can just see that happening. Yeah. And I, just see... I don't know if I want to watch it, to be quite honest with you. I think I might be sort of looking at the screen and just like grimacing. I, I don't know. I'm sort of, it's one of those matches where you're just like, oh, I don't know what I, if I actually want to see it or not. As a Rafa fan. Um, I mean, Kyrgios has already been imitating Rafa. I think was it his match against Simon, they both, he got given a, um, a time violation and then started imitating Rafa's, you know, service routine. I would not be surprised if he does the same sort of antics mm, he seems tomorrow. to be obsessed with Rafa doesn't he I wonder if he's <laughs> a bit jealous I don't know <laughs> um anyway but yeah that that's gonna you know um obviously that that's just got a soul I think they've they've put that match on tomorrow on the schedule and they've got a doubles match afterwards so they're just kind of devoting most of that to Rafa against Kyrgios um another actually there's some really interesting matches though tomorrow not just that one but we've got Zverev facing Rublev uh in the fourth round uh, Zverev, incidentally, has not dropped a set en route to the fourth round, which is quite unlike him. Very surprising. <laughs> um, he came through against Vadesco yesterday to actually, yeah, he, he, I mean, Zverev did reach the fourth round here last year. Obviously, I think he's he's been saying that he's going to, you know, donate money, you know, per match win. And I don't know, maybe, maybe he's just not feeling the pressure so much because there's a lot of talk about, you know, Medvedev or or team and you know people haven't really been focusing so much on Zverev um, or not expecting as much anymore so maybe he's feeling a bit you know unburdened because of that and obviously Rublev is you know hasn't lost a match yet this year so I think that's going to be really interesting to see how this one turns out between the two of them. Yeah I I mean Rublev's obviously in our in our collector set and uh, yeah, I've I, I I don't know how that's going to go because Zverev has given me this idea, yeah, this idea that he can just like navigate Grand Slabs with with ease, and you know I I know you know Rublev is going to be very tough competition. I don't think it's going to be a you know as straightforward as a, a three set victory. Happy for Zverev to prove me wrong, um, but um, yeah, I I still feel I still feel like Rublev is the favourite going into that one. Even I'm if- just pleased that Rublev has you know managed to. To, to get a few solid wins here and, and just, you know, he's he's maintained his form, hasn't he? And um, yeah, I, I would I would personally would like to see Rublev go through. I'd like to see maybe a Rublev-Medvedev quarterfinal. Um, although Medvedev's got Stan the Man. So that's an interesting... That's got, that could, that's got five sets written all yeah, over Yeah, I, th- I think it might. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Stan the Man has been you know, again, quietly coming through. Under he the was, radar. Yeah, mm. he was playing Isner, but Isner retired like halfway through the match um, the other day. So yeah, he's been sort of sneaking through. Um, we've also got Gail Monfils and Dominic Team in the other fourth round tomorrow. 
I I didn't even know Gail Monfils was actually playing. I hadn't heard a single word about any of his matches. Um, so that's, you know, I don't know. I, I could go either way. Probably team's going to come through it. I could go five. Um, incidentally, Dominic team sacked Thomas Muster, who they only just started working with each other. Um, you know, he'd brought Thomas Muster in as part of his coaching lineup alongside Nicholas Masu. But they announced uh, like yesterday that Thomas Muster was no longer working with him with immediate effect. So obviously, I guess they didn't get on. I, no, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I have, I've no, I have no real insight into kind of coaching partnerships, but to mm. do it like mid-tournament. Yeah, it's feels quite a bit, rash, isn't it? Feels a bit, yeah. Must but, be one of the yeah. shortest partnerships in history. <laughs> I think but they yeah, only team, did a couple of matches together. I think, again, Team Monfils easily could go five. I think we've got a potential five. We could get five sets across the board, I think, in mm. the in the yeah. top half of round four. I mean, Nadal, Kyrgios, Monfils team, Medvedev, Ravrinka, Rublev, Zverev. None of those sound straightforward. None of those, to me, sound like, you know, three set regulations. Um you know, like a you know, like Schwartzman Djokovic was, you know, earlier earlier. Well also today. there's such a disparity between the different halves of the draw, like the top half, you know, you've got Rafa, Kyrgios, you know, Monfils team, Mevedev, Ravrinka, Rublev, Severev. And then the bottom half, you know, is tennis Sangren has just beaten Fognini. So we've got Sangren and then we've got, you know, Ryonic, uh, Djokovic, and then yeah, so Sangren will be playing the winner of Fuskovics and Federer. So that that heart, that bo- bottom section of the draw is just, you know, you just totally expect Federer and Djokovic to come through that. It, it's just completely different yeah. to the top half. But although, incidentally, Fuxovic is a breakup on Federer in the first <laughs> Okay, pair. here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so he's just about to go 5-3 up. So you never know. You never know. Um, but oh, yeah. Are we really going to get a sanguine Fuskovic? Uh, quarterfinal for wow. semi-final that's place. really allowing Djokovic, Djokovic, an easy Djokovic route would through. be absolutely laughing there but yeah, yeah. I think the, as you said I think the, the top half is definitely stacked and a lot harder to pick out I think the, the semi-finalists mm, for sure um, but we've got I mean Medvedev Rublev Zarev I love that all in uh, all in the same yeah, yeah all in the same quarter so anyway um, um, yeah. and just a note on the doubles Joel um, we have some Brits in the doubles so Jamie Murray and well Jamie Murray and Neil Skrupski they lost actually in the men's doubles but Jamie Murray has won the first round of his mixed doubles with Bethany Matic-Sands so he's still in one of the competitions um, Johnny O'Mara though he's into the doubles quarterfinals with Aravalo his partner so um, I think Ram and Salisbury are still in it. And I think Ken Skupski and Gonzalez are also still in the draw. I think they might be playing tomorrow. Um, and Neil Skupski is playing with Sue Weishay in the in the mix as well. So that's that's a good team. He's got a really good partner there. That's, so they won their first match. Um, everyone was talking about Nick Kyrgios playing with Amanda Anisimova as well in the mixed doubles. So they, yeah, they won their first match. So I think that was kind of, one of the more notable partnerships. Um, and actually, talking of upsets, on that Friday, we also had a Bear and Mahou losing uh, in the men's doubles. They were the number one seeds um, and they lost to Bellelli and Pear in the first round. So a bit of a shock in the doubles world. But do you know what? I suppose, you know, doubles here, it, it's not best of five like it is at Wimbledon. You know, actually Wimbledon's the only slam where it is best of five. But it's, you know, it's, it is a lot easier to, to have upsets, I suppose, when it's... Um, 
you know, best of three sets. But yeah, it's just, uh, and also Coco Golf, as we mentioned earlier, she's still in the in the women's doubles with Katie McNally. So, um, you know, she, they could go on a run. She could, she could win the women's doubles. I, I could, think uh, that's it. I do think that's a genuine possibility and yeah. um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll keep people up to date on the doubles. Of course, the other thing that's going on at the moment is our collector set predictions, which have basically seen a massive sea of red, haven't they, Kim? Yeah. With all of those, with all yeah. of those upsets. Yeah. So we've still got people in the mix for Djokovic, Rublev and Barty, but for Evans, Goff and Serena, only a handful of people have got things right. Uh, for Serena, no one has got the prediction right. Um, for Coco Goff, we had three people predicting that she would get uh, through to the fourth round. So Adam D, Joel Noonan and Liz Curran, uh, they guessed Coco Goff pr- pr- uh, correctly. For Dan Evans, may I just say, I, I predicted the second round correctly. Also, Queen V, 16, uh, Chris Martin, uh, Noel Nadal and Ruben Grief also got Dan Evans correct. But yeah, um, it's all to play for still. There's no clear winner. Um, so I'll put an update on on the Twitter and then we'll be updating everyone, I guess, in a couple of rounds time. Um, once uh, we know further what's what's going on in the tournament. Um, yes. But yeah, Joel, I, I, what's I feel like more... I'm not going to be, I'm not, I feel like I'm not going to be <laughs> in the running. Could, in the running. No. <laughs> well, Sad times. Sad yeah, it all kind of depends on like Rublev and Barty and yeah. So Joel, out of the, you know, we've come to the end of the first week now, what's been your standout moment from the first week of the AO? I think it's got to be Roger Federer versus John Millman because I just thought it was an absolutely fantastic match. You know, Millmania, Australian Open crowd. I think it just had all the right ingredients. And you know, I know we didn't get an upset, but I still we had. I still think we had a really entertaining match that ebbed and flowed. And you know, it just kind of showed that you know, actually, Roger Federer is not invincible anymore. He can be beaten. And I think it just kind of shows that, uh, you know, in Grand Slams in the first week, players like John Millman, they, you know, they do have a chance when they step onto court with someone like Roger Federer. And, you know, Fuskovitz is a breakup at the moment. Who knows? Maybe he, maybe he'll go down, he'll you know, be able to do what John Millman couldn't. But I think it just kind of shows, yeah, I just thought that was just kind of a great match. And um, it just shows you that, you know, the big three, maybe not as invincible as they once were. And uh, it all kind of accept, sets up for exciting tennis. Yeah, I would agree, actually. Um, sorry to be boring. I'm just going to say the same thing as you. I just, I was so impressed with John Millman. I really didn't think he would perform like that. And um, I think he should be really proud, like even though obviously he lost and he could very well have won. I just was, yeah, very impressed. And yeah, to be able to almost beat, you know, the same player twice on a big stage um, of a Grand Slam when no one expects you to, <laughs> that's, um, yeah, it's it very standout for me from the first week. Uh, and Fuxovic has three set points against Federer to take the first set. So well, okay. here we um, go. Another one. Another yeah, Federer well, roller coaster. We could be in for a, a long match today. Could, could beat the drama on Friday. Um, but yeah, we'll be back, I think, after the quarterfinal stage to bring um, another update from the Australian Open. And we'll also keep everyone up to date with Collector Set. So um, in the meantime, let us know your thoughts on what's going on down under. You can tweet us at PassingShotPod uh, or email us at PassingShotPod at gmail.com. We always love to hear your thoughts on 
on the tennis, on on anything related to what's going on in the tennis world. Um, so do let us know your thoughts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.